0: thanks to our sponsor, Raygun. Are you under increasing pressure to ship code faster than ever before? Then it's time to work smarter with Raygun's modern approach to error and performance monitoring. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. And what makes it so unique is that not only does it tell you when something's gone wrong, it shows you exactly where it's gone wrong and how to fix it, right down to the line of code. Made by developers for developers, Raygun has built a suite of monitoring tools that are used and loved by thousands of software teams every single day. Monitor every corner of your tech stack with widespread language support and native integrations with GitHub, Jira, Slack, Bitbucket, Octopus Deploy and more for even greater visibility. Visit raygun.com to resolve issues faster and to deliver flawless digital experiences for your users. That's raygun.com to get started on your free 14-day trial with plans starting from as little as $4 a month. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 428, where today AC and I are going to talk about all the surfaces, recorded live September 23rd, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Geomont. Have you thought about adding contact center capabilities into your existing Microsoft Teams user base? If so, take advantage of our promo to add BuzzEasy Contact Center for Teams from Geomond and get your first month subscription for free. It's a complete omnichannel experience that works seamlessly with Teams voice. BuzzEasy was developed with best practices in Azure and offers a rich, easy to use experience. Geomont is a Microsoft gold partner, part of the technology back to the show, and their BuzzEasy chatbot solution for teams has been chosen as a preferred solution on the Microsoft App Store. See the show notes for details around a special offer. And now
1: back to the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. It's not, it's yeah. not as much fun doing a show solo when you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> and you feel like you have to just keep talking and there's no like break that you can have.
0: I know. I know. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is a very odd thing talking into the void with nobody else to discuss stuff with. So thanks for holding down the fort while I was away. I was down in... Yeah, no- down in Texas.
1: Not a problem. Thankfully we had a few Azure epic vulnerabilities. So I had some stuff to talk about uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: going on. You had some uh
1: had some goodies to go through, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I guess it's not it's not really thank I'm um, it's not thankful that we had a couple of epic vo- Azure vulnerabilities. I guess I might be the myself and then the two people that do the competitive side of the Google Cloud platform and AWS were also thankful in that. But I mean I <laughs> think that we're the only three that were saying that. But yeah. yeah, it was uh, it is fine. So I know it was a little bit of a shorter show for everybody, but yeah, glad to have you back and glad to be doing the show again together.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, I went down to Texas for work and uh, just for a couple of nights. But man, oh man, the one thing I took away from it, well, not one thing, one sort of, I guess, more personal thing I took away from it was that I just really don't enjoy travel. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, can... I haven't had to do much. So it's been yeah. a long time. I can very much sympathize. It's funny because I'm in the like extreme southeast of the United States. You're in the extreme northwest of the United States. And we were actually as close as we've been in proximity to each other late last week where you were in Texas and I was in Louisiana for a wedding. And, right. But no, we, it's still a long way away from each other. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm just not... I don't miss it. <laughs> no,
0: not at all. I mean, yeah, I miss seeing people, sure. but. Boy, I don't miss airports and, and aircraft. Yeah. Not one bit.
1: Deal, I didn't have to deal with the planes. It was just the hotels and just the being on the road stuff. But yeah, I just, yeah. I don't miss you know,
0: airports. are a very, I don't know, they're a very, like, you're forced into close quarters with a lot of people. And often a lot of those people don't share your same <laughs> views on. How close they should be to you or mm. <laughs> what's going on. And you just get all sorts, right? You get the crazy Karen's and the crazy, what's the male equivalent of Karen? I've forgotten the name. Is there? Yeah. Somebody. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'd look at me and see. Oh, I shouldn't say Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. But you know, you get just the, you just get so many different types of people and just the, you know, people screaming at gate agents. And I'm like, wow, I did not miss any of this. Like, mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah,, uh, but it went successfully, and um I got back in one piece, but I really don't want to be doing flying again anytime soon,
1: yeah, you got back in one piece with everything that you left with. I was not the same for me, yes, so. <laughs> yeah, you've managed to uh, lose a couple of big things along the way, yeah, I lost uh actually yeah, I lost two people in a car that sounds actually that <laughs> now that it just came out of my mouth, that sounds a lot worse than where I was where actually met. Yeah, so my wife and my daughter and I drove to a wedding. You lost
0: your wife and daughter?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I realized that as I said that, I'm like, that just sounds like we got in an epic car accident. And that's not not what happened. Right. right. I could go on for a long time about the story, but the very short version of it is we drove to Louisiana for a family wedding. And while we were there, our uh, Tesla completely died. A very, like just had a catastrophic battery failure. Mm -hmm. And so... I sent my wife and my daughter, put them on a one-way flight back home, so my daughter wouldn't miss school while I hung around to try and figure out what the next steps were. And uh, yeah, long story short, I have to get a new battery pack after a, a very rare thing happened, and my car is still sitting in central Mississippi waiting for a battery pack that I will I will later go back and get. But without going into the details, I doubt everybody wants to hear all the stuff on it. I will say that I'm this is not being a fanboy, but I will say that Tesla's customer service has been. Absolutely stellar and top-notch, and I couldn't mm. ask for a better way for the issue to be handled. So yeah, it, it's one of those things. It sucks. Machines break. It's how you deal with it. And mm. I, if I could write a script for how I wish that everything would have been handled, this is how I would write it. I guess That's the only thing great. that sucks is I wish they would have put me in a Tesla to be able to drive it home. But it would be like, unfortunately, that wasn't available. <laughs> it wasn't available. So I'm of in, in a Jeep. <laughs> A comfortable Jeep, not an uncomfortable Jeep. I was in an uncomfortable Jeep and they thankfully they let me swap that one out. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. That sounds bad. Well, you know, what an ordeal, but you're back at home now uh, yeah. without your car, but hopefully not too long to be reunited with it.
1: Yeah. That's the hope.
0: That's awesome. nice. Nice. All right. Well, we've got some uh, news and bits and pieces. There's been a couple of big events going on this last week. So why don't we dive into some
1: news? Sounds good to me. This episode is sponsored by Orchestry. Don't be fooled. Microsoft Teams and SharePoint are difficult. Microsoft Teams, when simply turned on, can be unruly and yield endless sprawl. SharePoint causes constant frustration with user interface and permissioning challenges. End the chaos and harness the full power of Microsoft Teams, SharePoint Online, and Microsoft 365 with Orchestry. Orchestry is the work-made simple platform that empowers end users through controlled self-service provisioning while delivering the actionable insights and lifecycle management your IT administrators need to enable remote and hybrid work productivity without locking down the powerful capabilities of Microsoft Teams and SharePoint Online. See why so many are claiming Orchestry to be the must-have Microsoft Teams management tool of 2021. Get your free access to Orchestry with full-featured trial at Orchestry.com and tell them the Microsoft Cloud Show sent you to get the all-the-friends-of-the-show perks. This podcast is brought to you by ShareGate. Microsoft Teams can be a great tool for your organization. That is, before your users make your environment messier than eating a hard-shell taco. And that's where Sharegate comes in. Their user-friendly tools automate the tedious daily tasks involved in migrating, managing, and securing Microsoft Teams so that you can maintain a safe and productive environment without locking it down. Head over to Sharegate.com for your free 30-day trial and transform the way that you manage your Microsoft Teams. And we're back. All right,
0: AC. I know you're a Apple hardware fanatic. Is that a, hard, maybe a fan? How about that? Fan. Yes. But This oh, week, we had the trying to be Apple hardware event from Microsoft with the Surface event that was out. I'm being a bit facetious, right? I should yeah. not mind the Surface hardware. But there was a new event that they announced a whole raft of new
1: hardware. Did you manage to sit down and watch it? No, I didn't. And that's not because it's Microsoft. I've just, I kind of, I'm now more in the in the mindset, like I don't watch these big keynotes anymore. Like I don't watch Apple's keynotes. I don't watch Microsoft's keynotes because yeah. I'm, I don't need to see the pitches. I'd rather see, and I'd rather watch them, frankly, in like in faster speed if I really want to go back and watch it. And so, yeah, no, I didn't watch it. Just like I didn't watch the Apple one earlier in September when they announced the new iPhone. Yeah, um, no, neither did I. I like but, the summaries. I like what, yes. I like...
0: I usually just go to the Verge, read their summary post with all of the announcements and just the key points, mm-hmm. and kind of get to the point. Whereas I, yeah, I don't want to spend an hour and a half hour and a half of my life listening to some circle jerk over, like, <laughs> over some some wordy wordsmith, you know, BS bingo. There you go.
1: Is that harsh? No, that's a lot like how it is for me. I mean, I, it, both companies. I'm so tired of the personalities that just gush over their stuff. Like it's the most gorgeous thing in the world. And it's like, yeah, I know that, that, that clearly that messaging works on some people because they wouldn't be doing it without some sort of market research and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. It just annoys me. I'm like, dude, just show me what it is. Show me the specs and show me some things how you can show it actually being used. That's what sells yeah. or at least that's what sells me. So yeah, I looked at it. You know, I looked at the devices and like you said, there's some there are some nice devices. There are some there's some interesting odd things too. Yeah. There's some why don't we go yeah, through? them? Yeah, let's do, let's go, go through them. Through
0: them. So, All right. So the first one on the block is the Surface Pro 8. Yes. Have you
1: ever had a Surface Pro? Yes, I've had a Surface Pro 4. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think my last one was about that long ago as well. Yeah, these are the, you know, the ones with the kickstand at the back. Right. So for yep. for those of you who are wondering, there's a quite a few different devices in the Surface lineup. You know, there's the big ones, the little ones, the Duo, the the Go, the Pro, the Book, there's a the laptop, there's a bunch of them, right? This is the one with the kickstand out the back and the sort of the keyboard that folds up and is detachable, right? So it Like the into original. Tablet mode, like the original, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the yeah. RT way back. Yeah, I have one of those too. I have one of those somewhere. Yeah, anyway, that was Microsoft's first kind of foray. Hmm. Yeah, so this is a new version of the Surface Pro 8. Thunderbolt ports, 13-inch touchscreen, Surface, new Surface Pen, kind of interesting. Like apparently, it's a whole bunch more powerful, and people who like these kind of devices think it's think it's a nice upgrade to the line. I've never, I haven't had one since the four because I honestly found the lapability of you know of the thing with the kickstand out the back kind of kind of weird. I prefer more of a laptop style thing, and I just didn't use it as a tablet, so. So it really didn't see the need to pull the keyboard off all the time. But yeah, so that's sort of a more of a, I guess, an iteration on the previous version.
1: Yeah. If that's, if this device is for you, I mean, hey, look, new version, it's faster. It's, it's faster. I mean, I think that's the best way to say it. But there's, I'm with you. I had one and the part that I didn't like was it just felt flimsy. Using it on your lap didn't work many times. I found like even when I remember when I would use it on a plane. That the kickstand, I kept like would sliding it back a little bit, a bit as I was typing, and yeah. the kickstand would like fall off the back of the, the tray, and yeah. then like, it have this weird kind of thing where next thing I know, it's like I've got a keyboard on my tray and the la- and the the computer's it's on the floor. Dove down the back, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so I didn't like. it. I don't like how flimsy the keyboard feels. It doesn't feel like a rigid thing. I, I've, that device really showed me like what you really want is like a laptop. That's the first big one. There's also a they did an upgrade to their laptop as well where it's got the same one that has like the Surface Book, I guess is what it's called. Mm. Um, So that was another one that they did do an update to. The Surface
0: Laptop Studio. Now, this is the one that was announced that was all new by the looks of it and just seems really, really
1: weird to me. So how would you describe this? I think CNN described it really well in an article that they have that we'll link to. There's an article that they published... About how it was actually built. But they, t- so that's interesting. But the way they titled it was how Microsoft built the Frankenstein device during the pandemic. Gotcha. And this thing, that's exactly what this feels like. It, yeah, it's it's a tablet slash Surface Studio slash laptop all in it one. It feels like the modern version or the modern iteration of the old Toshiba Tecra M4. Yes, yes. Right? So for those of you who haven't seen this, First of all, it's thick. So that's one. It's not thin machine, but imagine a normal laptop, but then imagine what an iPad looks like with, when you have like that magic keyboard. So it's kind of like a hybrid of that. But what it does is, is that you can have it open like a normal laptop, but then the screen, like the bottom half of the screen can separate to where the back of it is almost like a kickstand. Still attached to all one device. It's not detachable like like the old Surface Book or like the the, yeah. the the Surface Pro. Yeah. But it the screen kind of kicks out to hide the keyboard and just shows and it's like it meets like right above where the trackpad is. And so you think of it as like if you're going to draw, then you can go through and you can draw on it or sketch or whatever like with it like that. But you can keep going further with it to where it folds almost flat, and then you could draw on it like a piece of paper. So. I get what they're trying to do because as someone who does like to sketch things out, like, you know, here's what I'm like, I'm doing it. I have a job on that I hired a, a contractor for to build some, to build some images for me. And I have an idea of what I want. I wanted to sketch them out. I could have gotten a piece of paper and a pencil and sketched yeah. them out, but instead I just opened up the notes app on my iPad, but I had to take it off the keyboard and set it on my desk to be able to draw on it. I would have liked to have had something that was kind of set up like this, but this thing just it, the way it's set up. Especially being a V1 device, I would really be concerned with the durability of that screen and yeah. those connections. And then the other thing that's kind of weird about it, I me, mean, it's a it's a beast of a machine. It's got this weird kind of like it almost sits like on top of like a thermal management thing. Yeah. Um, there's like a big sort of thing underneath it that has it makes it look like it's
0: floating up off the whatever flat surface you put it on because you can't sort you, of see it, but it's tucked back under
1: there. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, to me, it looks... The way it's sitting up like that, it, that's where it feels like the old Tekra to me because it feels like it's just like a carpal tunnel be- breeding ground the way it sits up like that. Mm. So it's I four... I looked at the specs
0: and it's four pounds, which is 1.820 kilos, right? 1.8 kilos roughly. So it's not light, but that is roughly, in fact, that well, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, is 4.3 pounds. So it's not two, what well, it's two kilos versus 1.8 kilos, mm-hmm. 1.8 on the, on the surface, but it's a smaller screen. So like the 16 inch MacBook pro versus the 14 point, whatever it is, 14.4 inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's over an inch less screen real estate for roughly about the same weight, I suppose. Maybe not, maybe, you know, a little less. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess the ratio is about right there, but, um, I just think the most, okay. So the most, the most confusing part about this device for me is not necessarily what it looks like, but who the market for this is. Like, who's the market for this? So, you know, the Surf, the studio line are made for the pen, right? Drawing on the screen and sort of the artistic and creative and, and designer side of things.
1: Engineering,
0: stuff like that. Perhaps, yeah. And that's what all of their ads are all about, right? It's about creativity and all that sort of stuff. So, but all the creators and designers I know use Macs. And so I just, you know, maybe they're trying to attract that crowd with this and make it interesting. But then it's also a laptop uh, and a heavy laptop at that. And then also, uh, also trying to be a tablet and it's trying to be a very heavy iPad all at the same time. And just, I worry that it is, you know, the whole three-in-one aspect of it is that it's trying to be everything, and in a in a weird way, it's going to be nothing because there's going to be compromises on all three of those things. You know, that, I just yeah, help. I just wonder like what made them want to do a three and one thing like this. They obviously
1: think there's a market for it, or well, they wouldn't have done it. You'd hope. Yeah, that's a lot of how I feel about it as well. I mean, you, it kind of I get the feel that this is going to be a one and done uh, type design, maybe two iterations of it. Yeah, but it doesn't feel this feels very much like the Surface Book where the Surface Book was the keyboard and you could separate it from the screen you could use that but you know when yeah. you look at all the stuff that they shipped or they announced this week at the Surface event Surface Book V4 was not what was that that did not come out so or the the next iteration of it and they decided not to do that so I don't get the device I mm. mean I could be like a little the, the snarky side of me <laughs> says that you know if you're trying to go for that market of like the designers and the the engineering and the, the artistic types, then you got to start with Windows and you got to be like, man, cut out all the freaking notification bells and noises and stuff because those people are trying to focus and get their job done. You're doing a damn good job of already you know distracting the hell out of them already. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious to see one of these in, in person. I'm curious to put an iPad with a magic keyboard next to it or the first person that does that. It's really what it looks like when you first time you see it. It feels, it looks like the latest iPad with the Magic Keyboard. That's the first. Yeah, it kind of does, actually, doesn't
0: it? Here's the interesting thing: when it's in laptop mode, it looks very, very similar to a to a MacBook. Yep. I thought when I saw the picture, I was like, "That's a MacBook." Like the design is just staggeringly similar. I'm sure all the designers out there will cringe when I say that, but you know, hey, at first glance, it looks like a MacBook. I don't know, all the designers I know use like Wacom tablets and they're unlikely to do any serious design work with a pen on a screen, let's put it that way. And I'm no expert in this area. It just feels like a bit of a compromise to me.
1: Yeah, and you know, you, based on what you just said too, I mean, I see when you watch those Apple Keynotes and they show people doing the, you know, the drawing and stuff with their iPads and look at all the things they can create. I feel the same way too. I look at that going, who are people really doing that? Like, or is this a small subset that you're trying to highlight and showing what they can do creati- creatively? This it doesn't just feel... be throwing it out there and seeing what
0: sticks, you know, seeing if they can draw some of that market in, see if they get some traction. It's just a very expensive way to do it. Other Speaking thing, of other devices, you're not quite sure who's going to use them. I was going to go there too. <laughs> uh, the Surface Duo 2, the little foldy gadget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I have said in the past that this is my perfect conference device and I'm sticking to it. I think that is great. Like, I would love one of these for going to conferences and just carrying one of these around in my pocket all day. No bag, just one of these devices. Unfortunately, <laughs> I no longer go
1: to conferences. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and it's 1500 bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the hard, that's the hard part to believe. So versus the studio
0: laptop, this device makes more sense to me. However, I just don't see it as an everyday device. Like Nobody's going to use one of these as a phone. Well, I mean, some people will, but you'll look like an absolute goober. Like, yeah. they're massive. It's like holding an iPad up to your ear if yeah. you're you know, trying to do it on fire. And it's obviously faulty. I've played with the first version of it, and it's actually really nice hardware. Like, they've done a... The build quality is good. The feel of it is pretty good. The execution was pretty poor the first time. The camera was absolutely terrible. This one's got 5G. It's got a three-camera three camera lens system, and... You know, I'm sure they will have refined the software side. I haven't played with one of these, obviously, but I think there's a place in the market for something like
1: this. I just, I just don't know if it's big enough. So I don't get it. You also highlighted that it was fifteen hundred bucks. That's for the version that has one hundred twenty-eight gig SSD. Right. You're going to probably want to grab a couple movies on this if you're going to use it, like when you're on the go or stuff yeah. like that. If you can max it up to five twelve, and that's making it eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah, they've all got eight gig of RAM, but yeah, one twenty-eight it's
0: 1500 256 is 1600 and 512 is 1800
1: that's, a lot. It's that's a, a, hell laptop. Of a lot it's a laptop it's a nice ipad with a bunch of accessories maybe um,
0: this is just execs that want to look cool or think they want to look cool but don't really know how and it's just going to be a bunch of you know that sort of purchaser
1: It seems to me like this makes sense to sell at the microsoft company store for employees but not for the general market
0: Maybe. I don't know, man. If I was going to conferences, I'd want one of these for just like writing down some notes, checking mail, a bit of web browsing. That's about it. You know, I wanted the courier. Yeah. You know, when Microsoft's courier thing, this to me is the courier. But yeah, like I said, I just, I don't
1: have a need for it right now. I saw last night, a friend of mine has that, I think it's a Samsung phone. That's the where it, when the phone opens up like the Duo does, but yeah. it's size like a phone. But when it opens up, it's all one screen with no seam in the middle. It's got that yeah. foldable screen. And when you close it, the outside of the phone is also one giant screen. So it's like an mm. iPhone. So you don't even have to open it up. When he opened it up and we were looking at Google Maps, we were, he's getting deployed soon over to the Middle East. And he was showing me where he was going and sh- hands the map to me. I'm like, well, what the heck is this? It's like, oh, this is one of those foldable phones I've never seen. And so I'm, it's a really nice device that I kind of understood that. Hmm. This one kind of confuses me though because I see it not only how much it is. You see the seam down the middle of that screen, and then one of the appeals that I would think it has is that it's a Windows device, a Surface device. So it's a Windows device, but it's not Windows. It's actually running Android. Mm-hmm. So or a customized version of Android. So I'm I don't really Microsoft's Surface line seems to be, generally speaking, I get that there's people who like the Surface Pro. Makes sense. It's not for me, but I get it. People want to buy the Surface laptop, just a standard old traditional laptop. I get it. That makes sense. If I was in a Windows Mm. market, that's probably where I would be going for to get my laptop, is to get one of those Surface laptops. The big studio device, you want a big Microsoft offering that's sitting on your desk, that's kind of like, what, the version of the iMac? Apple's iMac, you you want the same kind of thing for Microsoft? I get that. But this device, the Surface Duo 2, doesn't make sense to me. That Studio laptop, I'm curious to see how the market think. What the market thinks about it, I'm curious to see what people who don't work for Microsoft or like like I saw Scott Hanselman gushing over this thing on Twitter, and all of his followers were were gushing over it as well. I'd like to see the real people, somebody real, have this hmm. or get the Surface Studio and give their two cents on it. Because right now, you may look, hey, this is a great this is a great piece of hardware, but you're like, you know, the same way that. Apple has that $50,000 uh, tower. Yeah. You know, you look at it and go, hey, is this is a great piece of hardware for a very small market. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. I don't get yeah,
0: it. Interesting. I, well, you know, the last Duo a few months ago, it was pretty clear that a new one was coming. And I think you could pick up the old ones for 400 bucks. So, um, maybe wait a while. <laughs> maybe in a year's time uh, when we end up going back to conferences. If at all, then you know, they'll be a little more affordable. Yeah. Uh, There's a new pen, Surface Slim Pen 2 has built-in haptics, so it buzzes when you draw and it tries to imitate paper. That was kind of interesting. I'd love to try one out and just see how it feels versus, say, you know, an Apple pen and see, yeah, just see sort of how it stacks up. Surface Go 3, that's kind of like the, I guess, the iPad competitor. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Low-end Surface, more portable, smaller, detachable keyboard, et cetera. New Intel processes for that one. Surface adaptive kits make your Surface more accessible. So this is, I think they stickers that you can put on the keys, I believe. I don't know if I've got this right. I haven't looked completely into it, but there's there's sort of stickers I think you can put on the keys and it's like for raised bumps and things like that. So you can tell where the keys are. And So for people with either vision issues, for example, uh, you can put them in different places and see, sorry, not, to see, uh, feel where certain keys might be to help you get oriented on the keyboard properly, things like that. Keycaps and bump labels. There you go. Yeah, keycap, bump labels, port labels. Port indicators Uh, and device openers. Is that like a can opener? What is that? Oh, no, that's like a thing at the back. So on the kickstand at the back, they've got like a a thing you stick on it and it's got a a string that you can mm. get hold of more easily and pull it to pull the kickstand out, right? So if you don't have the dexterity required to sort of get in and pull out the kickstand with with individual fingers or what have you. You can grab the whole lanyard. That's what I was looking for. The whole okay. lanyard and pull out the kickstand just to make the devices a little easier to use for people with those sorts of you know disabilities.
1: I had not seen these. This is interesting. Yeah. You've got like these little labels that you can put. I understand where they're going with it. So there's one like for the, for the port labelers, you know, how you've got like, on the side where the USB is or HDMI or whatever on your laptop. Yeah. And with the newer, with the, with the more modern laptops, it's a very, you have a very clean surface to where you can't really see where the ports are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do it too. It's like, you always like look on the side of your laptop and you want to go plug in the power or you want to do right. or something like that. So the idea right. is that you line these up on top of the laptop to where you could see it that way. Yeah. It's, it's a nice kit to go along with them.
0: They've obviously had feedback that like, Hey, this is great, but like getting the kickstand out when you don't have use of your digits quite the same way as a fully, you know, capable person. That this would help, you know, make a lanyard that helps makes it easier for us to pull the kickstand out, or you know, label certain ports or keys to make it simpler to find things like that. A nice addition.
1: Ah, so it's going to be a, it'll be an extra purchase, but you can't. It doesn't say how much it's going to be. Yeah, it doesn't oh. seem like it'd be.
0: If I were them, I'd throw it in for free, for anybody that wanted one, right?
1: Yeah, make their devices more accessible. It kind of, you know, what it kind of feels like. The more I look at this, I kind of get this because I just went on the, I just was traveling. This is kind of like when you do takeout; and they ask you if you want silverware or not, and they just throw in the little pack of silverware in your in your food in your bag if you haven't if you uh, if you ask for it, like plastic right. knife or composable knife and fork. And yeah, I agree. I think they should uh, give it to those who want
0: it or need it. Well, that's surface. Um, yeah, and then finally, Microsoft oh, has a new mouse made out of twenty percent of recycled ocean plastic. So that's cool. That's sort of committing themselves to on the hardware side, making some uh, products that are more. Well, I guess it's not renewable in this case, but recycled products which is kind of cool i'd like to you know it's their first foray into this i think on the hardware side so you know microsoft make a ton of keyboards and mice and all that sort of stuff so maybe this is their dipping their toe in the water and getting the techniques down and making sure it's all possible to do and understanding the economics of it and then um hopefully we'll see more of this and roll it out to all their other hardware and, and uh you know rather than putting more plastic in the ocean try to take a bit of it out
1: yeah that's nice to see
0: yeah well so that is the that is the Surface event. I think we went through seven of the biggest announcements, I guess, from that event. But yeah, you go watch the recording if you're interested, or we'll link
1: to a Verge article with all the summary and, and links off to all the, all the other details. We have a couple of links in the show notes for those of you who want to dive into these a little bit more. And these all have been announced right before we see was that Windows 11 is available on October the 5th. Yes, not far so, away, actually. Yeah, no, pretty never. close. Very, very soon, coming up. Yeah. All right, should we move on to some other news? Yes, I have one for you. So this is—I'll do this one kind of quick. I, I touched on it a little bit last week, but Microsoft has announced that Viva Connections public preview is now available. So for those of you who have been wanting to add Viva Connections to your Microsoft Teams experience, it's now as a public preview. Now you can go ahead and install it and take a look at it. I haven't done much with this yet because, as a company of one, I don't really have any—I don't have a use for an intranet. And so yeah. it doesn't. All Viva Connections is is basically just. To me, all Viva Connections is, and I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but to simplify it, it's basically just putting SharePoint in Microsoft Teams. Yeah, Connections, Viva Connections. Yeah, Viva Connections. That's all it is. Yeah. Viva Connections is just saying SharePoint inside of Teams. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's a desktop experience and there's also a mobile experience as well for the Viva Connections app, which that part confuses me. If you want to go, like, if you want Viva Connections, you use Viva Connections inside of Microsoft Teams if you're on your laptop. But yeah. if you're on your phone, you want to go get the Viva Connections app because it's not going to be inside your Microsoft Teams app. Right. I guess it's
0: another step in that melding of your intranet and Teams and trying to bring those two worlds
1: together. Yeah. I'm confused by Microsoft's play here when it comes to SharePoint. Because if now SharePoint is supposed to be in Viva Connections, then can I get to everything in there? Inside v- from v- for the Viva Connections app? Can I get to my list data? If I can, so what do I use the SharePoint app for? Mm. I tend to think of it
0: as Viva Connections. It's just the marketing buzzwords over... It's just a SharePoint experience. That's what it feels it's like. Some new, there's some new UI constructs in there, right? With the card sort of stuff that they're doing and whatever they call it, aces and all those sorts of things. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, it's the same functionality. There's nothing new from what I can tell yep. apart from the u- new UI, right? The new card construct stuff. Yeah, the rest is just bringing it into the employee experience umbrella of the buzzword or the, the marketing terms for it, Viva mm-hmm. right? with the other products and sort of getting them to sit alongside so they can tell the story a bit more cohesively. Mm-hmm. But technically, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Speaking of teams, Microsoft has bought a company or has acquired a company called Take Lessons, which is a platform for connecting students with individual tutors so it looks like their EDU play with Teams is continuing and perhaps trying to bring those two worlds together to make Teams more amenable to students and getting it rolled out in more schools and connecting them with teachers and tutors and things like that. So yeah, just a, a, a sort of a, a uh, quick and sneaky acquisition. The terms of the deal have not been announced, but you know Microsoft makes a bunch of acquisitions that you hardly even hear of or hear about, I should say. This one would have pretty much slipped under the radar probably not a big one not like a you know not like a yammer or a linkedin or something like that but uh buy versus build right i think they can offer this stuff faster if they go buy a company to help them get there quicker
1: yeah this one's interesting we use a service like this for my kids it's called varsity tutors and when they need a little bit of help in a subject then these services are awesome trying to find a tutor and working with some working with having them work with kids online really at their at their discretion in terms of like when it's when they're fl- the flexibility of the time is of having to go to a tutor these things have all like, they feel very much to me like the like the upwork of education. Gotcha. Um, and they're they're really well done. This one I hadn't heard of yet. So this is, this is an interesting. I'm going to see, it's interesting to see how Microsoft is going to integrate this into Teams. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I guess, especially seeing lots of schools using Zoom, things like that. They obviously want to strengthen their EDU play. So nice little acquisition there.
1: What have you got so for can, us? I have another Teams thing. This is not so much of an announcement or more or less to say, hey, this is coming. But Microsoft has followed what some of the other some other organizations, other video streaming apps, specifically like Zoom, have had. And they're adding a feature to Teams for effectively like push to talk. So hmm. what they're doing is what, they, what people do today on Teams, you can leave yourself on mute, but then you can unmute yourself to go through and say something. But then a lot of people forget to go back on mute after they've done that. What places <laughs> like
0: been embarrassing, uh, there have been oh, yeah. some embarrassing things going on with it.
1: Yeah, I've caught myself on it too, where I was like, I didn't realize it was off mute and I said something, and I very much regret what I said. It was basically verbalizing my judgment of somebody's response to, to what I had, I had said <laughs> prior to that. So it was very clear what I thought about it, and I had I apologize for being so candid with them. But anyway, what we do, like with Zoom, we have a sub a similar thing where if you're on mute, you can hit the spacebar and it takes you off mute. And when you take your hand off the spacebar, you go back on mute. So it's very much an active thing. Teams is adding it. They're going to do something where you're going to effectively hit control spacebar and that'll allow you to temporarily unmute yourself. Mm. I'm glad that they're doing that. I wish that it was just spacebar instead of control spacebar because people I mean, I know this probably isn't the case inside of Microsoft, but people do join zoom meetings and teams meetings quite frequently and jump back and forth it would have been great to just kind of say you know, Have the same I get key it. binding yeah yeah use the same key binding but <clears throat> yeah fair enough it's nice to see they're finally doing this this is a feature that i think we really needed last year <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh it's nice to see they're finally doing it
0: my keyboard has a couple of special keys like it's got these g keys that are like g1 through 6 mm-hmm. and are down the left hand side of the keyboard and i I use the Stream Deck software to bind the G6 key to be mute so I can mute Teams mm. with just one key but it's not a push and hold right it's like a you know you push it once push it again mute unmute anyway that's helped a little bit I didn't
1: even check to see if Stream Deck had a uh, had a Teams add-on
0: No it's not but you just have to do a uh, like a key just binding shortcut
1: yeah yeah Zoom's got a uh, Stream Deck add-on Oh nice that's cool So you can do so I can see like Camera and mic, but the icon changes on the stream deck to where you're where you're muted or not muted, you or know, where the mm, camera is visible cool. or not. So, it's, yeah, nice. Really nice. It's really nice.
0: Cool. All right. So, moving on a little bit to passwords. Everybody loves passwords, right? Super no. secure. Pass at word yeah. one, all that sort of stuff. Exactly. The passwordless future is here for your Microsoft account. Microsoft have been dabbling with the ability to essentially turn off your password, right? So you can log into your account using. You know your username, but then your two-factor authentication device, right? And not have to deal with the password. This is, I guess, rolling out further, I suppose, for want of a better word. I went to my Microsoft account, made sure it was all set up with Authenticator. It was already, obviously. And then went and turned off or turned on passwordless account. So um, you got to make sure you've got two-factor auth turned on. I highly recommend taking a copy of your backup codes as well, to get access to your account, if you lose your two-factor authentication device, for example, things can go sideways pretty fast. But yeah, it's kind of nice. I prefer it. And um, I've uh, switched my MSA over to this. And I believe it's also coming for org accounts, org ID, yeah. Azure AD accounts.
1: Yeah. is I haven't tried this one yet. Is this one where it still challenges you with the two-digit number?
0: Yeah. So on the Microsoft account side, it always used to have you match, Right it would show like a F6 or something and you, or a 26 and you see on your Authenticator app, 26. I don't know if it still does that, actually. I haven't noticed that. Okay.
1: I have to go um, back and check that because that, I've had that set up for a while, but I don't know if I opted into like a preview or something or if that's what this is. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have it work effectively like Face ID to where let me just pick up my phone and once I it prompts you, do you want to yeah. approve this? Yes, I do. Tag yeah. your Face ID and you're good. Yeah, exactly. That'd be pretty nice.
0: Anyway, trying to make sign-in a bit simpler and... Oh, it is already available for commercial users. There we go. Generally available for commercial users. So it's... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Trying to make it a little more secure when people are not secure and picking crappy passwords. (laughs) I'm very much looking forward to getting that for org accounts. Yeah, well, it says it's available for commercial users already. So perhaps it's something you got to Oh, sorry, you said commercial,
1: but you said that and I was thinking uh, consumer.
0: Commercial accounts. Yeah, it was yeah. announced in March 2021. It looks like it's in, yeah, it says it's generally available. So maybe I've got to go figure out how to turn that on for my, for my uh, org account. All right. Finally, a little close to home. Well, different home. <laughs> my original home, I suppose. Fict- a fictitious place. Yeah, exactly. The place that doesn't exist during COVID. Amazon AWS is opening a data center in New Zealand, apparently. They're committing to build, I think, $7.5 billion in New Zealand, which is five five $5.25 billion investment on some new data center stuff going down into New Zealand, which I have a bunch of friends that are all very giddy and excited about this. This comes hot on the heels of Azure also announcing a similar kind of thing. So um, I'm sure... You know, now they cater to both sides of the cloud world.
1: (laughs) It's very cool to see, you know, Hobbitland and the Lord of the Rings actually get a real data center. So it's like,
0: yeah, I mean, we've got to have somewhere to put all those movies, right? hmm. Yep. Is Um, it powered by the sheep? (laughs) Absolutely. All that sheep poo has to be has to go into some sort of clean green. You know, it's the clean poo incinerator and create all the power for the for the for the data centers. You know, somebody's going to hashtag this on Twitter, right? Every now and again, I'll say really stupid stuff on the podcast and somebody notices and tweets about it. (laughs) So there we go. The clean poo incinerator is the newest one. You heard it here first, folks. It's going to be the way of the future. (laughs) It's like clean coal, (laughs) except with sheep. (laughs) Oh, Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyway, that's pretty exciting. It's a small market. So I'm kind of a bit befuddled about why they're doing it. But they obviously think it's worth it. They've done the economics. So there we go. Very cool. Right. That's it for the
1: news. How about we dive into some picks, AC? Sounds good to me. AC's Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. All right. Were you pickless last week or did you do picks? You know, I just, I think I had a pick. Gotcha. Go back and check. You just you just made me question myself because I thought I did, but now I don't remember if I did. Oh yeah, I did. For the, all those people who are still using Fortran, there's a <laughs> uh, a web MVC framework called Fortran.io, and so you can go actually use uh, Fortran to build a web app. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go back and listen to last week's episode and see that one. Oh, uh, to hear wow. about that one. Yes, cool. my, I'll check my that pick. Out. Well, cool, cool. Yeah. So my pick this week uh, is one that. I mean, it's no no surprise you and I were very are spacey, are big space fans. Uh, last week was also it was a lot of fun watching the Inspiration Four launch. I talked about it a little bit on the show last week. It was the best. I hadn't had a chance to really talk to you about it. It's the best the best launch I've ever. I maybe the best or the second best launch I've ever seen from my driveway with the naked eye. Last wow, last week. you could so much so that you could see. I know I, I sent you these videos. But so much so that I could even see like the nozzles of like the gas being shot out from the naked wow. eye. And there's a grainy video I got of it. You could see the naked eye of it like using that for the boost, reordering the booster coming in. It really was. But this week, my pick, and so an inspiration for, if anybody didn't pay attention to it, they went up. They came back down. Just a small went, deal. Yep. Everything to seems to have gone. Citizen launch. Yeah, it seems that everything went completely as planned. Everybody's safe. They haven't shared a lot of the content inside. A lot of people were a little confused by this and were a little ticked off by it. But again, like SpaceX said, they're like, hey, this is a privately funded event. This isn't like done by a government. They didn't want to go public with it. So everything's being kept private. And my suspicion is, is that the reason they're doing that is part because Netflix probably paid so much money to actually do this, which is either help fund the trip Right. Or, it, or the money that Netflix paid is going to St. Jude for their fundraiser. Right. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It was their choice. But a video did kind of creep out late yesterday that Dr. Cyan published, or she posted on Twitter, and the more high-definition version that was posted on YouTube. That's my pick this week. And it's the pick of them removing the cover to the copula and having their first view looking out through the window And the background music that played and just there's a picture of Haley with this look on her face of just, it's just this beautiful picture of this look at her face of her first view of looking up at the, looking up through the Coppola of just like amazement or just in awe of like of what they could see. And it's so much just shows like what this mission was about it. So it's so cool. So that's my pick this week.
0: Yep. That's a fantastic pick. The video is great. And the, you know, the just imagine opening that hatch and seeing that vista, un, mm-hmm. you know, uncovered in front of you. That her face said it all, you know?
1: Yeah. It Amazing. Is so cool. She was my favorite watching her go up, but yeah. That's cool. How about you? What um, you got for us this week? Space related. Funnily enough, we
0: both looked at each other and went, hold on a second. Have we got duplicate links in here? Was it, Did Google mess up? Did, like, because we use a Google Doc for organising the podcast. Did Google mess up and like screw up our document? We've got two links that are the same here. No, nope. sure enough, we picked the exact same links, <laughs> uh, and then you changed your uh, then you changed your one, you know, to the to the video we were just talking about. But the one that we had initially picked, both of us had initially picked, was an article on the Independent called "Apple Co-founder Announces Private Space Company to Clean Up the Space Debris Clogging the Sky." So this is the was. Apparently, he's teaming up with some others to go and build out a business or a company that is going to go and help clean up space junk, which is has been a growing problem for years and years and years and is getting harder and harder. Apparently, it's tough to find a, like, for example, it's tough to find a geosynchronous orbit spot these days because there's a ton of satellites up there, either if they're used or the defunct ones as well. They all take up room. Mm-hmm. As well as the bits that are just flying around, bits that have flown off spacecraft, old rocket stages, satellites that have ended up exploding or being hit by debris of something else and exploding into thousands of little pieces, stuff like that. That's uh, it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger problem. Anyway, so the company is called Privateer, which is, wasn't that the name of a computer game? Yeah, there's something. I thought there was a video should... game called Privateer. Years, and, yeah, years and years ago. Yeah, there is. Video game. Oh, Wing Commander, Privateer. There you go. That's where it's from. Oh, I love Yeah, That was one of my favorite games was Wing Commander. Wing Commander. Yeah. So cool name, huh? Yeah. But yeah. So he's putting, I guess, some of his money where his mouth is. And uh, the Was, Steve, uh, Steve, yeah, Steve Wozniak. And, um, they're going to go clean up some uh, clean up some space junk. They're currently in stealth mode, apparently, but they're going to be coming out a little later this, this week with more of the details about what they're up to. So kind of cool. There is a couple of companies in this space that are setting up satellites that are essentially just like little grappling robots with additional motors on them. So they can go grapple satellites that have either run out of fuel and can't boost their orbit or are defunct. And they can either deorbit them or boost them up a bit higher in their orbit to give them more longevity so there's some people tackling other parts of this problem as well which is kind of cool but yeah you know, it's obviously a growing problem and nice to see some people doing stuff and plus Woz is just pretty cool you know he's just a geek so it's good to see him working on some problems like this
1: it's neat too I mean it's like the way of, of cleaning stuff up it's kind of you know ultimately everything is going to clean it's, it's going to clean itself up I mean stuff that orbits are going to eventually decay. And they're going to re-enter the atmosphere and, and most of the stuff is not big enough to that it's going to actually survive going through that, coming back through the atmosphere and survive on right. um, yeah. re-entry. Instead, it's just going to burn up. But it's kind of cool being able to, you know, can you grab one of these things and just kind of like give it a little kick to kind of get its orbit to decay a little bit faster and to re-enter and burn up, but just make sure don't hit anything on the way down, meaning like other satellites, but it cleans itself up. It's kind of, it's it's an interesting problem. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. The big
0: issue, right, is as more stuff goes up, the likelihood of things hitting each other increases. And once that happens, right, once something explodes and creates thousands of bits of debris, those thousands of bits of debris can go and hit other things and those can explode. And so you end up with this exponential kind of problem... Not unlike you know, you know a chain reaction in nuclear physics, right? where you know one atom splits another and splits another and split, those split more and those split more, and so boom, you've got a massive chain reaction. And so you know in theory, it's possible at some stage that we could end up inadvertently taking out all of our space infrastructure because of things hitting other things and just creating a ton of junk up there. So uh, yeah,
1: take out the old stuff. You have sent me down you sent me down the rabbit hole. You mentioned Privateer. We started looking at it all like Wing Commander. And yeah. so, of course, like, I went like, oh, yeah, it was called Privateer. That's cool. I've totally forgotten about that. There's a Privateer 2. And it was re-released. It was a sequel to Wing Commander. This was like my favorite game. My favorite like space game growing up when I was in high school. And I fell... Well, Privateer 2 is called The Darkening. It was released in 1996. And then it was re-released in 2012. And in 2013 for Windows and Mac OS. You might have just distracted me for this afternoon. I, I don't... I, but I got to go... I'm going to have to go check this out and see, like, how good is this? And
0: Yeah, I remember, to... you know, way, way, way back, right, that when people were playing the original Wing Commander and my PC at the time wasn't good enough to play it. I was so pissed. You know, it was just... The, it was the coolest game to play at the time. And, uh, yeah, I just remember being very jealous. It came out in 1990. The original Wing Commander. Golly.
1: Yeah, I had it. I was on there. I was, I was it's all so over cool. that. So cool. Should make a fancy new
0: one. That'd be awesome. Although, you know, sometimes they break franchises by doing that. That's
1: anyway. the thing. Is it's yeah. They, I'm old school when it comes to the games. I don't like the cinematag- cinematic cinematic cutscenes and all that. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. Let me just play yeah. and but that's just what I grew up around. I try to turn the games into movies. Yeah, fair, fair. All right, AC, thanks for a good week. Good to be back in the saddle with you, and uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody. Good to have you back, CJ, and we will see everybody next week.
0: Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience, and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to MicrosoftCloudShow.com forward slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or MP3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to Microsoft. CloudShow.com where you'll get notices of each episode as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.